Have you ever had a perfect Christmas? Yeah, we've had a few awkward ones. When I was growing up, there was like this period of time in my life, well, in our life. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but we were, how did somebody put it to me earlier? Financially challenged? I didn't know we were poor. Like when you're a kid, you don't realize it, right? One, one Christmas, we had Christmas, we celebrated Christmas on the 28th so that we could catch all the after Christmas sales. Smart, right? We all went out shopping on the 26th and 27th, and then we had Christmas on the 28th. Um, one year, we were, we were absolutely shocked. This was like two years later. Um, we had like almost nothing under the tree, and ah, okay, not a great Christmas. But then my mom and dad surprised us with a big Christmas gift, and it was a trip to Disney World. What? Right? Like, we lived in snowy, cold country, Pennsylvania, and I had great life. I grew up, and man, I was a, I had a, I loved my life. We lived out in the country, right on a river, and I mean, we, it it was one of those kind of lives where you just were free to, to just explore and do all this great stuff, and, and a lot of stupid stuff, and, and, uh, and we, you know, but, but, for us to think of going to Disney World was like that's what that's what you see in the movies. Like the, I mean, you can't imagine what it was like. So we left the day after Christmas to drive to Florida, and uh, I didn't even know we had relatives in Florida. But we had relatives in Florida that we went to go see, and we were down there for a couple of days, and we saved Disney World for the last day that we were in Florida. So we are on, I think, I-4, maybe, heading to Disney World, and, and uh, we're in, this would have been like the early 80s, and my dad had a big maxi van, Dodge maxi van, you know, that he had customized. Remember back in the 70s when you would cut the windows in it, and you put the plush carpet and the paneling on the inside? That was, yeah, we had that right there. <laughs> Hooker headers, cherry bombs, yeah, the whole nine yards, yeah. Yeah, that was our family van. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so we are driving down I-4, and we start seeing these sandwich signs that say, Disney is full. Come back tomorrow. That was our last day in Florida, so we went home. We didn't go to Disney World. So anyway, that was a... Yeah, there's no happy ending. That's the story. I just... I wanted you to feel how awkward I felt. That's That's... No, that's so, there weren't many normal Christmases is what I'm trying to say. And sometimes that's just the way that it is. Now, all right, so here's the happy ending. The next year we moved to Florida. Right, my dad got sick of Pennsylvania winters. And we moved to Florida and that's, uh, that was my junior and senior year of high school. And guess who got season tickets to Disney World? <laughs> yes, we did. With your Florida driver's license, you got a 50% discount in those days. And... Uh, Anyway, so uh, it all had a happy ending, but those, those were unusual Christmases for us. Looking back on it, it's like, man, that was, that was kind of wacky, but uh, you know, I don't know that any of us have that perfect life or that perfect, that what we would think of as ideal, right? So what do you do with that? when life is not perfect or anything like that. So we have this story of Mary getting pregnant before she gets married. And, uh, and that becomes quite the scandal. And what to us is a beautiful thing, this, this virgin pregnancy, what, what to us seems like a, a wonderful miracle that we all loved, uh, was not as exciting as it was awkward for them. 
and the mess of all of that and the, and the embarrassment that that would have brought. Because you think about it, so, so Joseph would have known that wasn't his kid. And, and he was, they were betrothed. Now that's much stronger than, than engagement. It was so strong that if Joseph died, she was considered a widow. That's how strong betrothment was. So imagine living with all of that. But this was God's plan. It was how it was to be done because Jesus had to be born of a virgin if God was going to be his father. So we enter into this story here in in Luke. So last week we learned that the four gospel writers all look at the life of Christ from different perspectives. And last week we were in the book of Matthew. This week we're in Luke. And we're going to look at Luke's perspective in chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, uh, turn to the, the third book in the New Testament, the book of Luke. Or if you have a phone app. And if not, I'm happy to show it to you up on the screen here. Luke chapter 1. And we're going to read, the, we're, we're kind of jumping into the story where where the angel is in front of Mary right now sharing with her what what he believes is really exciting news so he says this and the angel said unto her fear not Mary for thou hast found favor with God and behold thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And I know Mary is sitting there going back. Now wait a minute. What, that's, that, what did you just say? I'm going to conceive and what now? And her head is spinning. Now he is excited and she is starting to kind of let all of this process And then she speaks up in the next verse, and she says, Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How beautiful is that? And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, and just to show you God can do it, right? Your cousin Elizabeth, who's older and is barren, never had children, never, she's known to have never been able to have children. She has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. What is she saying as she responds to the angel right there? She's basically saying, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What a powerful statement for this servant of the Lord to make. When our willingness meets God's purposes... That's when the impossible happens. But too often, right? Too often we pray, thy will be changed. Because we want God to do the miraculous as we prescribe it. Like we want God to heal that loved one. We want God to help us win the lottery. Right? We want the miracle to happen as we see fit. 
Or maybe we feel like God wants us to do this with our life or, or we feel like this is what God intends, this incredible thing to happen. And we question, well, there's got to be another way or at least a way that seems more suitable to us, right? But there really is only one correct response to a word from the Lord. And so the greatest prayer that we can possibly pray is simply thy will be done. Not trying to manipulate God to to allow his plan to fit ours, but to say like Mary, just thy will be done. So I love Mary's reaction, right? So Mary, as, as we read through here, her first reaction was, how shall this be? Right? Like, uh, <laughs> um, biologically, this is impossible. How shall this be? How can I can't even process this is impossible. That's in verse 34. And then, and then she has two statements that she makes in verse 38 that are like this 180 that she makes. So she goes from, from waiting, whoa, 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 this is impossible. I can't even process this. Now she makes this 180 degree turn and she says two incredible statements. She says, I'm your servant. Now the, the word in the King James is handmaid. Other places it's servant or bond servant. And the idea here is that, is that the, a servant you think of as somebody who, who just does menial tasks. A bond servant is somebody who basically has volunteered for the role. Like I, I'm, I'm volunteering. I am, I, am, I am allowing myself to be put into this position. And I love the next thing she says. Let it be done to me according to your word. So whatever that word is that you just said, just let it be done to me. Even if I can't see it, doesn't mean God can't do it. And even if it doesn't make any sense to me, doesn't mean it's not best. Mary went from from how can this be to thy will be done. She went from verse 34, I don't see it, to verse 38, you can do whatever you want, because of verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And I love how the ASV, the the American Standard Version, puts it. It says this, for no word from God shall be void of power. So do you, do you feel the weight of that then? It's not just, yep, with nothing, you know, God, nothing's impossible. No, there's, there's, when God says it, there's power behind it, and it, it, it cannot be impossible. Sorry for you English majors, that was a double negative. But, but, but with God, it is impossible for it to be impossible. Because God said it. And no word from God shall be void of power. So what Mary is saying here in verse 38, whatever God says, whatever his word is for my life, I accept it. So can I encourage you this morning for that to be your prayer?
for your prayer to not be, God, change your will for my life, but to accept God's will for your life. Now, I'm not saying don't try to be better. I'm not saying don't try to improve yourself. I'm saying that when you sense God working in your life, thy will be done. Let it be done according to your word. Here's a few points of application here that, that I think will encourage you. First of all, don't be discouraged by your less than ideal. I don't know where you are in life this morning. <laughs> and then more importantly, I don't know where you think you need to be before God can do something in your life or before God can do something through your life. But friend, you're there. Because perfect ain't happening. Okay? So I don't know what you're waiting on before you think God can do something. I don't know what you're waiting on before you say yes to the Lord. Eric, I've got this big, fat, hairy sin in my life. Welcome to the club. All right? Yeah, you don't understand. I'm waiting for this financial windfall. <laughs> Aren't we all? Right? I'm just waiting until this relationship is resolved. I'm waiting until this promotion. I'm waiting until I finally read through the Bible. I'm waiting until I... Perfect ain't happening, okay? Don't be discouraged by your less than ideal life because here's the problem. For far too long... We have let our ideal keep us from doing what we can, which then keeps God from doing what he will. And I truly believe that if we will do what we can and we say thy will be done, then God will do the impossible. But we are so good at not doing anything because we don't think we're all that. Like that's a surprise to God. I mean, you understand that God understood Mary's situation. He understood what a pregnancy would do to her life socially. God is not interested in your, well, God is not as interested in your ideal as you are. Whoever, <laughs> whoever you are is no surprise to God. So don't use who you currently are as an excuse from saying yes to God. Don't be discouraged by your less than ideal. Like if you and I could sit down and have coffee together. And we're just talking. And you're like, Eric, I, here's the thing, right? Here's, here's what it is. My word of encouragement to you would be, that's no surprise to God. And it's a lot easier to work on that with God's help than trying to fix it before you come to God for help. Hey, it's the same way you come to God for anything. Right? So, so, so when, you, when you come to God for the first time, 
and you're, you're away from him, and like you don't know what it means to be a child of God, and you're like, you know, if, if, you, if you want me, you can have me. And the first time you ever pray and you say, Jesus, I, I believe you died for me, and, I, and you accept Christ, you're coming to him as you are. You're not trying to clean up before you come to God, right? It's the same way as a believer. You're a work in progress, and so am I. So don't be discouraged by your less than ideal. The second thing I would encourage you about is don't underestimate the word of God for your life. And I, I, don't, I don't want to, uh, to sound spooky this morning, but I believe this. I really, I really believe that God would love to speak into your life this morning. And I, 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 whether, whether you consider yourself a Jesus follower or not, like if you're like, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you don't consider you're a Jesus follower and you're trying to figure all of this out, I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm, I really am. I'm honored that you, you are here this morning. And kudos to you for, for giving us the opportunity to have a conversation with you. But God's word for you this morning is, come on, right? Like whosoever, like he's for you. That's why he, that's why he sent his son, was for you. He's your fan, and he wants you. So that's his word for you this morning. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right? That's, that's you. So that's his word for you this morning. And I don't know what God's word is for you necessarily. But God has a word for you this morning. God has much to say to you. Now, if you tell me it was an angel that gave that word to you, I might doubt it. He's given us a whole book full of words that I can buy. Right? I think, I think that, that there's a lot of words here that he's given to us. In fact, when the angel came to Mary, what he told her was the fulfillment of the words of God from the Old Testament. But whoever you are this morning, God has a word for you. And what God has to say matters. I'll refer back to that verse. For no word of God shall be void of power. And that word that God has for you this morning is important. God speaks to us personally. He speaks to us through his word. And the two will never conflict. And I truly believe that God is speaking to your heart this morning. And so on the one hand, don't be discouraged by your less than ideal. On the other hand, God has a word for your heart this morning, for your life this morning. And then number three, speak the words. So you can, you can call it affirmation. You can call it agreement. But I believe that the words that God has for you this morning... It takes me agreeing with God about it. Like it is, there, there's, there's a significance there. For when I feel God speaking to my life, and, and, and for, for somebody who does not consider themselves a Jesus follower, 
I think it's significant that, that the Bible says that we should confess with our mouth. I think there's something about saying the words that I believe in Jesus, that I accept that. And I think for the believer, it's important for us to say the words. That's what I love about, about what Mary said here. She said, let it be done according to your word. She didn't just nod her head, right? She, she, she verbalized what she was trying to convey to this angel. So what is God's word? Number one, number one, like I don't know what situation you're in. I don't know what you're trying to fix before God can use you or before he can do something in your life. But, but you're never going to get to the place where you're perfect enough for God to do something. So let's not be discouraged by our less than ideal. And then are we even listening to the voice of the Lord in our life to communicate to us about, about what he's trying to do in our life? And then once we hear what it is he's trying to do in our life, let's agree with him. Let's just, yeah, all right. I'm going to say the words, thy will be done. Whether it's, whether it's a relationship with somebody else that needs to be healed. Whether it's saying yes to Jesus. Whether it's blessing somebody else. Agreeing with God about what he's wanting to do in your life. Agreeing with God about what he's trying to do through your life. Agreeing with God about what he says about you. You're loved. You're valuable. You're worth it. You understand that that's how he feels about you. And your purpose on this earth is greater than you can imagine. Are you willing to agree with God about that? Are you willing to say, I am loved. I am worth it. I do feel like my purpose on this earth is bigger than I can imagine. Are you willing to agree with God about that? Let it be done according to your word. I mean, what other response can we possibly have other than to agree with the maker of this world? Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, I beg you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God, you can have me. Give yourself to the Lord. And then as he speaks to your heart and life, yeah, I agree, God. That's, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I see it in myself. I may not understand it. How's this going to happen? How can this be? You're the God of the impossible. All right. Let it be done according to your word. That powerful word that can do the impossible. Thy will be done in my family. Thy will be done in my life. Thy will be done on this earth in my world as it is in heaven. Mary placed her life completely in the control of God. Because surrender to God precedes any significant work that God can do in and through our life. 
And that's my prayer for you this morning. The greatest prayer. Thy will be done. Let's pray. God, I ask that this morning. And as you are in this room with us this morning and you're in the hearts and lives of your people, I pray, Father, that our response to you would be yes. Your will be done. And God, I pray that you would be doing the miraculous in our lives. And that whatever is your word for us, we would agree. That we wouldn't wait until we have figured it out. That we would listen and that we would respond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.